Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. Uh, it is an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure. And to all those, uh, those who have been with us for lo these many years, I want to thank you so much for your attention and your time and wish you a wonderful, wonderful Christmas, Kwanzaa, uh, you know, whatever it is you celebrate. Uh, I want you all to have this wonderful, some of you, if you don't throw anything other than just having time off from work to spend with your families, I hope that you will very much enjoy that uh, because, you know, whether it be Hanukkah, you do all three. I have one friend who literally celebrates them all. Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, uh, whatever it is you celebrate, Festivus, I hope you'll have a wonderful and safe one surrounded by people who love you and people who you love. And thinking of things that are loved, uh, I have a young man who I know loves football and I love watching him play the game, uh, Michael DeMille. So I'll start where I start with everyone. Tell me about your earliest, your first football experience. How did you and the game meet each other, Michael? Uh, I was actually six years old, and uh, my uh, my stepdad decided to uh, get me and my brother. We were always big kids. He decided to uh, put us into football after we were uh, playing baseball. We were just too big. We looked uh, we looked a little out of part on the baseball field. So um, my stepdad uh, brought it up to us one day and uh, bought us a helmet for Christmas. And um, and you know, the the first time we stepped on the field, you know, we fell in love with it, and uh, we never looked back. Got it. And I'm going to go out on not very much of a limb, judging both by your phone number and by your accent. You're from what, North Central New Jersey? Oh, well, originally born in um, Staten Island, New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. I used to work in Cottonsville. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. Not far from there. I know Staten Island a little bit. So how old were you when you guys moved? Uh, we were uh, we were young. We were in the fifth, sixth grade when we moved to Jersey. When we moved to Brick, so uh, we were young. Got it, got it. Now, what did you notice different? I mean, obviously, Staten Island is part of America's largest and most complex city. You know, a city with five boroughs. Who, if you treated each borough separately, would be amongst our largest cities in America. Uh, Staten being, I guess, by population, the smallest though it's not by, by area, size the smallest. I think by population, Staten Island is the smallest, but still pretty darn big. Uh, what was the difference that you noticed when you guys moved to New Jersey? Uh, just, I mean, the people are a little different, um, a little bit more laid back in Jersey. Uh, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, right. I, feel like, uh, I feel like the football is a little bit bigger here. Um, it's just right. a little bit more. Of, um, I mean, obviously, it's a lot less crammed in Jersey. Staten Island is very yeah. clustered, but uh, other than that, it's not too far away, so uh, yeah. Right. Got it. Okay, so you said you have a brother. Is this an older brother or a younger brother? He's actually my younger twin brother. Oh, wow. So you're the, you're the big twin brother. Yep. 
I assume you let him know this virtually every time you see him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess uh, we've been together for 21 years, so I guess it kind of gets old talking about it. <laughs> well, I'm sure it gets old for him. Uh, so you are how much older than your younger twin brother? Two minutes. Wow. <laughs> so competitive from the start because he was hard on your heels. Right, right. And I'm going to assume that you guys probably competed at almost everything, sports, um, just getting things done, grades, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, well, we were uh... – we never really competed growing up. I mean, it was more of like uh, we always looked out for each other on the field, and then, you know, we always felt. It was, it was a little bit of a – I can't say it was so much of a competition. I mean, we always competed slightly, but never really uh, – it really was never a competition. Um, it was always us versus everyone. It was always an us versus There everyone. you go. Right. You got it. Us versus everyone. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave the twin thing alone after this. Did you guys ever – use the whole people who don't know you terribly well not being able to tell you apart thing to your advantage? Do you ever try to trick somebody or, or gain some advantage by someone not knowing which one of you is which? Uh, no, nah, I mean, we did that. Uh, um, I think we did that in the second and third grade, uh, and then we got caught pretty quick. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then that kind of went away real quick. Okay. <laughs> got it. Um, and where does your brother go to school? He actually plays with me. He's a, I'm a weak oh. side He's a strong side oh, Okay. <laughs> so still not too much distance between the two of you even now. Uh, he, nah, well, we decided to go to school together. I mean, we both went to Temple at first, and then, um, and then uh, he hated it from the – well, he didn't necessarily hate the school. He just hated the environment. It just wasn't him. He's not, more, he's not a city guy. So, um, oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, he left early, and then, um, you know, uh, a few things didn't go my way there, uh, and then I decided to leave, and he had committed to Delva with my best friend, uh, Ray Walsh, our starting metal linebacker, and then I was looking for a place to go, and then uh, he eventually got me there, so, yeah, this is our second year there, and, um, you know, we're looking forward to the next season. Yes, so I've had a few guys from uh, your school come my way. Uh, Rasheed Bailey, who has had a few different NFL stints, Showtime Sheed, right. as he used to call him, as the guy I've had on, and then right. um, a quarterback, uh, Mr. Solfano, has uh, was with me uh, more recently. For those, obviously, a fair number of people are aware of Temple, and of course, I have a connection to Temple in that uh, my both my parents were graduate students there when I was conceived. I was actually born in Hahnemann Hospital in Philadelphia, not far from Temple's campus. Uh, so I'm very familiar with Temple. Uh, was it, when you said the environment, are you talking about the environment in the football program or actually Philadelphia itself? What was no. it about? Okay. Actually the environment around uh, North Philly. I mean, we, we're from Jersey. <laughs> Uh, we're from back right. a more laid back town and you know, yes. just real laid back and nice and you know. But uh uh-huh. Philly, uh-huh. Philly was a big jump, you know. It was it was uh-huh. So so when you guys went on your visits, they didn't tell you, okay, you're probably going well, to want to be careful about where you go and what well, you do. We, 
We did, yeah. We were we were definitely sure about that, but we were so into the football program that we kind of overlooked our personal lives. Uh, <laughs> okay. That uh, you know, so we just made a uh, an unrational decision. Football can do that to you. Football appeals to a part of the brain that isn't very rational, Mike. I think that's how, yep. they, how they get there. <laughs> you're the, right, you're right. the uppermost parts of your brain, the hippocampus, isn't involved in football decisions, right? It's the, it's the limbic, it's the, the reptilian brain that makes football decisions about Because football so, I don't want to say it's the lowest part of yourself, but it's the most basic part of yourself, right? The part of you that wants to, dominate someone, hit someone, knock them down, see fear in their eyes, right? That's right. that's a very old part of our brains, Mike. <laughs> that's a very old right. part of our brains. That's not the part of our brains that writes poetry or designs a new, you know, software application. Right. So before we move back to Delaware Valley, tell me about what it was about the Temple program and the Temple Tough and all that stuff. What was it about that that sucked you in before you realized, oh, wait, we also have to live here in North Philly in order to be part of the program? Uh, well, the one, uh, the, one major, uh, the one major thing that got me and my brother at Philly was uh, they were like the first Division One school to show us like a lot of recognition. So right off the jump, like me and my brother were like, all right, this school is, they love us. They're going to give, an, give us an opportunity right off the bat. And, um, you know, I mean, if they're giving us this opportunity, so we should give them, you know, something back. You know, we, we, we got along with the coaching staff, and um, we loved the facilities. The, the campus was nice. I mean, everything was nice. And then, uh, you know, so right off the jump, we decided to, you know, move to Philly and do all that. Got it. Okay. And now tell me about the, I guess, compare and contrast, as they would say in one of your composition classes. Uh, give me the comparison and contrast, both the program and obviously the environment, between where you were and where you are. Well, the difference between uh, the first difference, you know, when I left Temple and, and uh, you know, coming to Delva was the campus, the scenery, uh, the Doylestown versus Philly. Um, yes, I, I'm. You know, like I said before, I'm a. Uh, I like the small, the small towns. You know, the cozy little towns and the nice places like that. I'm not really a city guy, so um, the campus really jumped out to me. It was beautiful. It was small. It was, uh, you know, it was quiet. It wasn't anything crazy. And uh, the football team, when I met with the coaches, they felt like they, they made me feel the way I did when I went to Temple. They were real. Uh, Real, real uh, caring. They cared about you, not the, not just the program. They cared about you as an individual, and um, you know, every minute I've been at Delval has been a blessing because it has been the best decision of my life to make this transition. Okay, got it. People always talk about talent, and of course, talent's everywhere. There's talent at schools that everybody's heard of. There's talent at schools that nobody's heard of. Tell me about what you noticed when you – okay, let's start with your first practice. What was your first practice like at Temple? And then tell me how that compared with your first practice that you had at Delaware Valley. Uh, my first practice at Temple was rough, uh, to say the okay. least. I, uh, I mean, I feel like every freshman at any D1 program is uh, is taken back with the speed of the practice and 
the intensity of every practice at 6 a.m., 5 a.m. in the morning. Like, you've got to have that energy or, you know, you're going to fail during the day. Um, right. It was, just, it was just so intense and fast and loud. And, you know, in high school, you, you go to practice after school after a long day on a Tuesday, and you just get through your practices, you know. These practices at, at the D1 level, there is none of that. You know, this is their job. They're fighting – you know, they're, they're fighting to win to put food on their family's plate. So it's just uh, it's very intense and that and everything. It's just like something like I was on a roller coaster. My head was spinning my first practice. Um, Delval was the same thing. Delval reminded me a lot of Temple. It was fast. They run it like a D1 program. Um, okay. So, I mean, a lot of similarities in that. It's just uh, the only difference is Delval, we, uh, we practice in the afternoon and Temple's very early in the morning. Very early, yes, correct. <laughs> That's kind of a thing they're known for. Uh, and once again, I'm very familiar with the program. I'm very familiar with where it's located. And, uh, yes, you may actually see the occasional freelance um, open-air pharmaceutical transaction take place not far from where you're practicing and going to school and living and things like that. So you're right. If you're a person who's not uh, hardened, I guess might be the term I'm looking for, in a certain kind of way, and yes, you might be thrown off by spending that much time in North Philly. Okay, this is the last, last simple question I'll ask, actually. Um, even though you didn't stay there, you know, for your entire career, you did make some friends. There's some people that became, you know, a part of your world and a part of your life. Who were the guys that you were closest to back in your original program at Temple? Uh, I'm gonna have to say uh, Tidy Centeno. He's uh, he's actually a, he's a redshirt junior quarterback now. Uh, mm -hmm. Really tight. He's from uh, Miami. Um, also Casey Williams. I got very close with him. He actually now plays at Stony Brook. Uh, he's yep. a defensive end. And uh, Zach Mezdes. Me and Zach. Uh, my last semester there got extremely tight. Uh, like like myself, he was a uh, preferred walk on there. Um, put on scholarship this year. Uh, he was granted a fifth year of eligibility. He's a stud defensive end, um, a lot like me. He's he's uh, a little undersized at six foot, uh, two hundred and thirty pounds, and he just puts work in like I've never seen. So, you know, that mm. brought us two together. Um, so yeah, those three were my uh, closest friends there. Excellent. And. What was really, you mentioned that, you know, when you're a freshman, you're an incoming freshman, and you were a stud at Hoss in high school, and you're used to kind of, you know, being the man and putting your imprint on things. All of a sudden, the imprint's being put on you when you're the new guy as a freshman. What was your real wake-up, your welcome-to-college-football moment where you realized, oh, oh, this is something completely different from what I'm used to? What was that? Yeah. What was the moment that really let you know that? It was just during the practices, like, or doing the lifts or, like, anything. Like, if I would, like, uh, like not push an extra rep during the gym, you know, a senior would harp on me and yell at me and get in my face. And, you know, I can't say anything back because he's a five-year captain, a uh, five-year senior uh, captain. Right. So if I say something bad, I'll go to the coach and, you know, I'll get ripped open. But, um, you know, so it's just, like, if you mess up the slightest bit, it's, like, the biggest deal. Like, if I, I remember yeah. I was – I was 35 seconds late to a meeting, and oh boy. I, was, I was pushing 4,000 yards of plate pushes on the turf. I'd be glad. <laughs> so it's like every little, little slightest thing was the biggest problem. That's why you have to yep. be perfect at that. 
you know, and, you know, that program made me into the man I am today. It made me um, more mature, and, uh, and uh, I'm really blessed with that. Okay. So despite the fact that it turned out not to be the best fit for you, it sounds like you still have a certain amount of fondness for the Temple program and that you have, you know, you look back at it as even though it was a challenge and not the best place for you, it still was a good experience in terms of what you gained from it is what it sounds like. Oh, yeah, they're definitely called Temple Tough for a reason. They give you a different mindset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not too far from where, you know, Sylvester Sloan chased the chickens through the streets. So, yes, there's a definite mindset. <laughs> you ever go to the um, the library where they put the statue up? Uh, I've been to the Rocky Steps. I don't uh, – is that over there or no? Oh, okay, no problem. Okay, so now back to Delaware Valley. Um, who were the guys, once you got there, that you started to gravitate towards? Who were the guys that became part of your, your tight circle when you got there? Well, I have a – still they still are my tight circle. They're, uh, when I first right. got there, they, they've been my best friend since I got there. Uh, our uh, starting middle linebacker, Anthony Tedesco. Um, Billy Walsh, obviously, our starting Will linebacker. He's the one who got me and my mm-hmm. brother there. Uh, our starting Sam linebacker, uh, Ryan Barrett. Um, so those three guys, along with uh, actually Jack Fitzgerald, he's our uh, he's our backup linebacker. So I'm very close to the linebackers, if you could tell, because of my best friend Billy. When I first right. got there, he, he I I started hanging out with his group of friends. So um, I mean, I'm best friends with everyone. Every one of my brothers on my team are my best friends. But these are just the guys right. that I hang out with, like on a daily. Spend the most time, with. right? That's what that's what I meant. Yeah, I I I, I know that. I mean. I was in the Army, and I would literally have laid down my life for anyone in my unit, but there were definitely guys I was a bit more time with, we had more in common, whatever. Uh, doesn't mean I don't love the other guys at any less. It just means that these are the guys where we find ourselves thinking the same things more often and doing the same things more often. Right. So that, that makes perfect sense. Um, so, I mean, that's true any place, right? It's true in football, it's true in class, it's true in life. There's always going to be some people that you're going to find yourself more in line with. Right. So tell me about your, your travels up the depth chart. Um, obviously, at Temple, you didn't quite get the opportunity to get as much, as much playing time as you would have liked, uh, clearly. How long did it take you once you transferred to start moving up the depth chart? I'm sorry, what was that? I think you cut out. Oh, sorry. I was saying when you obviously when you were at Temple, you didn't you didn't get the kind of attention and time in terms of playing that you would have preferred. And so, when you made your move to Delaware Valley, how long did it take you to start climbing the depth chart? Um, uh, I guess a week. Um, I, they knew once uh, once I was coming in, they weren't just going to hand me the position, you know, because that would just be a bad look towards the other guys. So when I came in, they made me actually work for it, and I was very, uh, you know, I really wanted it that way. I didn't want to come in, and, you know, I didn't want anything given to me. Um, so yeah, uh, I made a actually I made a hit on a scout team running back. I was playing with the threes when I first got there. Mm-hmm. They they put me on a slant and I and I uh, split the double team and I hit this running back in the backfield and I hit him really hard and the ball flew up in the air and it was a big scene and everyone was going crazy and uh, you know 
film sessions, had it on every position group in the on the team had it going on their film session. Uh, so that was that's I think that was the play that made uh, that made me jump from the threes to the ones. I think with that uh, within a day. So um, so yeah, I think it was in uh, it was in early August when that happened. So but okay. I guess the first week and a half. Right. Okay. So one is it shows once again your mentality and you know some of that. I don't know if I call it temple tough. I'm sure you had no beal tough level for you to get to the temple, but you clearly are a guy that, you know, you like a certain amount of controlled violence, which you better, right? You can't play football without it. Uh, you know? Uh, well, what positions did you play before you finally settled into your, your primary position in your, in your football career? Well, um, like I said, I was a little bigger as a kid. So uh, right. like a little heavier, just big. I was a big guy always. Um, so I was uh, I was like 280 pounds in high school, 275 in high school. So I controlled the inside. Oh. I, was a, I played nose. I played three. I played uh, center. I was an all all state center. Um, I was very good on the interior. I, uh, so yeah, I really played that my whole uh, my whole life growing up until uh, until college, where at Temple I was moved to. Uh, I was going to play fullback at Temple, and uh, because our starting fullback Nick Sharga had go to the Raiders, so they didn't have one. Mm-hmm. So that was my plan to play fullback, you know, because the D line depth chart was was huge. So uh, I just wanted to get on the field as fast as possible. So I, I dropped forty pounds, forty five pounds, and oh, wow. you know. So slow uh, um, down. <laughs> you can't just blow through. I dropped forty five pounds, like. Oh yeah, I just dropped forty five pounds. You make it sound like somebody picking up the dry cleaning. How in the heck right. does a growing young man drop forty five pounds, Mike? I just, I mean, I wanted it so bad that uh, I spoke to my coaches, and they said that it might be a good fit. So as soon as I heard that, I just wanted to get on the field as soon as possible. So, I mean, it really didn't even take long. It just forty five pounds came off in like three months. Not even like ninety days. I just ate. I just changed my whole diet. I worked out extra after uh, the team lifts, and you know my mentality was different. I just wanted to like, step on that field and help the team. Okay. Well, I just wanted to spend a little time on that because that is incredibly impressive. Okay, now we can continue forward. So the plan was originally for you to play fullback, which is once again a pretty a collision position, right here. You're basically a, a a flex guard almost in most offenses. I mean, there are some offenses where the fullback gets a little love. Shout out to Kyle Juszczyk. But for the most part, nowadays, you know, in the old days, I mean, Jim Brown was a fullback. I mean, there are a lot of, you know, the term Hall of Fame fullback, Marion Motley. I mean, there's a few guys in the Hall of Fame playing fullback. But the last one of them, you know, left the NFL in, like, the late 1970s, probably Larry Zonka. And there hasn't been another guy who will probably even – well, Daryl Johnson, I think, might at least get a few votes. But, but I think the term Hall of Fame fullback can almost be retired now. Uh, so many teams don't even have a fullback on their roster. And the ones that do, he's very often a guy that also plays another position. He might be a backup D lineman or a backup guard. Or right, right. Right. But you, obviously – now, you, you played fullback before. You had some idea of what the position was like. Before you made the move back to defense, what was it they told you they wanted from you as a fullback in their system? Uh, well, they uh, 
Well, when I used to watch Nick Sharger, he was like a full-blown fullback. Like, they used to run uh, eye formation and, yep. you know, uh, so they ran all of that. So when, he, when I used to watch him play, he was like a traditional fullback. So I just used to watch his film and do and want, and practice exactly what he did, you know, because he was an amazing fullback. Uh, he wasn't the fastest guy, but he was just strong and just traditional old school, you know, workhorse. Mm-hmm. Other guys, so I just did exactly what he did. Got it. And then, how was it that the plan changed and you you were being moved back to defense? Well, uh, the plan changed when I left Temple. Uh, oh, okay. I knew that deep down, like my thing was defense. I was I was I was always a defensive guy. Um, so uh, when I transferred to Delval, I was two hundred and forty pounds and wasn't planning on gaining another 45 pounds to play interior. So I was like, I'm still athletic. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the best shape of my life. I, uh, I can still rush the passer as, as, uh, as good as anyone. And, uh, you know, the strength will come. I just worked hard in the gym. So my strength came. So at 240 pounds, I stepped on the field and I was like, wow, I, this is the best I've ever been. You know, at 280, I was I was good. I was a good football player, but I was a little, you know, lethargic. I was slow. I was, you know, I was a, right. The weight was holding me down. You know, when that weight right. came off, you were carrying another, you know, yeah, twenty percent of your body weight. Yeah, right. Yeah, I can see how that would be. You know, would sap some of your energy and endurance and things like that. So, obviously, you've played multiple positions on D line. Walk me through what things – obviously, you see the world somewhat differently going from playing, you know, either right over the center or playing on, you know, off, off the shoulder of a, of a guard versus playing – now, you, you were the seven technique? What, what, what technique are you playing now as a defensive end? Uh, usually we run fours uh, because we run a three-man front. Uh, I'd say oh, okay. So, yeah, I'm head up on the tackle, or we, we run a five-man front in passing situations, and I'm on the, and I'm on the outside shade of the tackle. But, uh, yeah, it. I'm always uh, – I'd say around nine times out of ten, I'm on an island with that tackle. So, uh, I get a lot of one-on-one looks because my brother's the strong. He takes on the doubles unless, you know, they trade to me and all that stuff. But uh, I'm always with that tackle one-on-one most of the time backside. Got it. Got it. Okay, so well, good for you. Good for you, and of course, good on your brother. You know, doing all the rather thankless work <laughs> on double teeth. Now, in terms of height and weight, how do you and your brother compare? Uh, we're, we actually weigh almost the same, and he's just a tad bit taller than me. I'd say about less than a half an inch taller than me. So, obviously, he's heard probably more than once in his life about the fact that you're a little older. Have you heard more than once in your life how he's a little taller? Yes. We, we, uh, we talk about that a lot in the family. He, he always gets the upper hand on me. <laughs> okay. Um, and talk, now hit, hit me with the weight room. Who's the guy that wins that battle? Well, he's stronger. I'll definitely give him that. He's a little stronger than me. Well, I'm a little bit more athletic. I have like, uh, I'm a little bit more agile, and quicker. I got, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a pass rusher guy. I'm, I like right. tackles. 
he's he's the weight room guy. He's strong. He takes on the double. He's he bull rushes. He likes to put you in the dirt. And uh, okay. know, all that stuff. Oh, I I don't really like if I don't want to touch you, you don't touch me. You know that's how I got <laughs> Okay, I like it. So in terms of contrastive styles, we're talking about sort of like a to put it in sort of New York Giants terms, we've got Justin Tuck over here and your brother, and then we've got Michael Strahan more than you. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> okay, got it. Got it. So, and of course, I shouldn't assume that you were a Giants fan. Who did you guys actually grow up rooting for? I'm a 1 million percent Giants fan. Okay. I, I didn't want to assume. But okay, but I figured as much. Uh, I, I've known people who've uh, worked for and played for the Giants. It is obviously one of the the uh, flagship franchises. Uh, the football bears the name of the original owner, right? The Duke it comes from uh, Duke Mara's nickname. Right. I'm sure you'd love to be invited to camp if you, by them if you don't end up being drafted. Right. When you look at that team, and look at other teams too, um, who do you learn from and what do you learn from when you watch uh, players, other players? Who are some of the guys you like to watch? Who are some of the defenses you like to watch and why? Uh, well, you know, obviously being a Giant fan growing up, you know, watching the two Super Bowls, uh, I was right. a big O.C. Humanura fan, the defensive man for the Giants. Oh, all right. So I try to relate to him in a way because, like I said, he was a, he was a finesse guy as well. Uh, he liked to rush the passer with speed, you know, make counter moves, spin inside, um, do moves like that. So I try to do a little bit what he does, um, you know, being a big Giant fan and uh, watching him in those two Super Bowl runs. Got it. Okay. And what are some of the things you take away from some of those guys who like to watch? Like, is it hand usage? Like, what are the things that you like you're learning from these guys and how do you um, – you know, how do you implement those things in your game? Uh, it's everything. I mean, I, 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 uh, I look from the, the get-off, from their stance to the get-off, uh, to their first step of engagement. Um, you know, if the, if the tackle's got hands-on, how to counter. If you lose, how to counter off of that. Um, just, I, I look at legit everything. Every step, I, I'll watch, it, I'll watch uh, each play and pause the play 30 times, you know, in slow motion, just to see, you know, what he did in this situation, what he did in this situation. So, um, watching film on these guys, uh, I go, I really go into depth on watching film on these guys. Okay. Okay, got it. Now, take me through, so you make your way up, you know, from being this new guy that transfers in to in about nine days or so, you're number one on the death chart at your position. Take me through that first game. I mean, you spent some time at Temple, but you didn't get a chance to really make the impact on the field. What sure. was it like coming, coming out of the, you know, coming out, you know, you're in uniform, you're taped up, you're looking good, you're feeling good. What was that first game like? Right. Well, the first game I had at Belleville last year was against Wesley, uh, an out-of-conference <laughs> rival. So, right. uh, you know, I heard a lot about it going in, and I was really excited to step on the football field because I haven't played in a in a legit football game uh, other than spring spring games at Temple, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I Milford Academy my prep year when I went to Milford wow. Academy prep school. So it's been a while. So I just really, uh, you know, I had a, a lot of emotions going. I really couldn't wait to step on the field. And as we were stepping on the field, there was a two-hour rain delay, you know. So all my oh, my God. Then we have a two-hour rain delay. So now I'm pushed back into the two hours, sitting in the locker room, all hyped up. Um, uh, we eventually we went out there, and we, we, uh, we lost pretty bad, 34-10. But I had myself a career night. I uh, I had 16 tackles, uh, five tackles for loss, and two sacks and two forced fumbles. I mean, I I really hello there. Yeah, I really went off. I I couldn't wait. I let everything out. That day. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, would you say that's still the best game you've ever had, or have you topped it since? I put that up there in uh, in one of my top games. Uh, I think this year, I think I had a little bit better game against Alvernia. Um, but uh, I, that definitely is my number two. I think that was my second best year. All right. Okay, great. So tell me about the best players you faced. And it could be at any of the schools you've attended. It could be from your prep year. It could be from high school. could be from your time at Temple. could be from your time at Delaware Valley. Who are some of the best guys you've played with and the best guys you've played against? In fact, heck, I don't care if it's Pop Warner and the right. guy was, you know, an absolute killer, right? Because the best player I ever played with was actually when I was about six years old. Not, I wasn't six. Well, I mean, I turned six during the year, but the first time I ever played football, uh, one of my teammates went on to, at one point, become, now his record has since been broken, but at one point he was the leading receiver in the history of the Atlantic Coast Conference. And he's recently been inducted I think two years ago, into the um, National Football Foundation's College Football Hall of Fame, a guy named Parks Nine, who uh, wow. played for Steve Spurrier, which Spurrier was the head coach at Duke. And, yeah, at the time. So, you have to remember, I mean, you're young enough that you don't remember these days, but there was a time when football was run on first down, run on second down, and if it's less than third and six, you run on third down. Um, right. And very few teams really threw the ball. Duke was one of the first teams in the South to throw the ball. Tulsa and Purdue and Stanford had been throwing the ball for a little while, but they weren't in the South. <laughs> in the South, pretty much nobody threw the football for a very long time. And then Duke Spurrier was part of that movement uh, to change the game. And when he brought in his running gun offense, the first version of it wasn't at Florida. The first version was when he unveiled, when he became the uh, – Offensive coordinator that got him elevated to um, to head coach at Duke, so he rewrote the record book <laughs> for wide receivers in the ACC. And like I said, since then, obviously, you know, all but a couple of his records have now been now been you know taken down by somebody else. But he still has a couple of school records and one or two conference records. But yeah, uh, I think we have still have one for like game. Yeah, I think he had a game. We had 300 and some odd yards receiving, which I think is still the ACC record. And uh, somebody just took his Duke career touchdowns for receiving and career yards for receiving record. So I think he's only got like two left. But yeah, wow. I've played with some other guys since then, but nobody else is in the college football Hall of Fame. Uh, um, so yeah, that was the best guy I ever played with. First time I ever, ever suited up. But to barely see through my helmet, you know, when you're that age, your helmet kind of bounces around your head. Wow, you were right. a big kid, so maybe it wasn't that for you. I was a little kid. Everything was too big on me. 
Uh, okay, great. So you go from being the new guy. You, you very quickly go from the new guy to becoming the team leader. Tell me about that. Uh, what was it like to so quickly be seen as a leader on a team that you were fairly new to? And tell me about your leadership style. Uh, well, last year when I first got there, I, uh, you know, being a starter right away, off, you know, I, uh, people uh, were looking at me like, all right, like, who is this guy? You know, like, I'm just coming in. I get the job after a week, you know. So I didn't want to, like, be a vocal leader because I didn't think it was my place because there had been seniors and juniors on the team that, you know, it was their time. So I didn't want to, like, step in front of them just because I was a starter. So I kind of just laid low last year, you know, just played, you know, had fun with my friends, you know, just played and didn't really think about being a captain or being a leader or any of that. This year, on the other hand, my uh, this is my sophomore year, I, I, uh, my redshirt sophomore year, I uh, I definitely jumped into the leader uh, the leadership role because I felt as if, like, the team respected me enough uh, and respected, you know, my input and my voice. So I definitely uh, – put a lot out there and, you know, help control the defense this year. And, um, yeah, so definitely not last year, but this year. Right. Okay. And so now that you are more vocal, tell me about that. What is your leadership style? What do you – some guys are like Russell Wilson, like it's relentlessly positive, right? Everything, everything's great, but it's still getting better, you know? Like he, he, right. he just – overwhelmed guys with positive. Uh, Tom Brady is a little more critical at times, I think would be a nice way to put it. Uh, he sometimes lets guys know that maybe everything isn't so great and maybe you could be better. Uh, right. You know, some guys uh, may not get in your face, but they let you know in little subtle ways what they need from you. Uh, other right. guys, you know, it's almost kind of like Ray Lewis, right, where it's almost like going to church. You know, Ray, Ray, would, Ray would tell you that, you know, you being great today was part of God's plan. And, you know, he was, you know, all this other stuff. Like, you almost felt guilty. You know, well, if God says I got to play great today, I guess I, I got to play great today. You know, I, I got to have to ignore the back. In fact, my back is tight, you know. I guess I have to ignore the fact that I play against the guy that was an all-pro last year. I guess I got to beat him. God said I had to, and Ray told me, right? So tell me about your leadership style. What, what do you like to bring to the table as a leader? And, you know, sort of how do you get what you need out of your guys? Uh, well, like you, said, like, like you said, Tom Brady, I feel like I could relate to him in a leadership way. Um, I'm, uh, I'm serious when it needs to be, but I'm also fun and, like, joking and, and you know, just having fun with my friends and my teammates and because, you know, you can't take for granted, you know, the practices and, you know, and the freezing cold in November, you know, because I, I look back and I just every year in the off season, I look back and I regret not putting a million percent in, you know, and having fun with my friends. So I definitely, you know, I don't take nothing for granted. So I, I try to preach that with my teammates. Uh, you know, don't take this play for granted. Don't take this snap for granted. Um, you know, I just try to make everyone – if you're going to play football, play it at 100 miles an hour, you know. Um, play full speed, uh, put everything you got into it. And, um, you know, I just try to preach that every day. Okay. Got it. Uh, tell me about a younger guy on your team that you really have high hopes for. Like, who's a guy – I may not – he may even say a lot yet. He, I might not know his name, 
I might not have spotted him on tape, but he's a guy that you know is going to be a, a stud Hoss baller, a guy that you know is going to maybe this year wasn't this year, but this next year or soon, people are going to know his name. Uh, as you said that, one name came to mind. Uh, his name is Blaine Netterman. Uh, he's okay. starting uh, free safety. He uh, he came in last year as a true freshman and uh, came in and started right away. Um, and he got a first team all conference last year. Oh wow! As a true freshman. Uh, wow. You know, I graduated two years ahead of him. I graduated in sixteen. Uh, he graduated in eighteen. So I actually played high school football with him at Brook Memorial. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So when I when I was a senior, he was a sophomore. So oh. I knew he was always a stud because he started on my sophomore. He started on my uh, on my senior team when I was a senior. He started on our team as a sophomore. So he uh, he's always been a stud, but you know he's really developed and and uh, he's got this like he's built. He's he's strong. He he reminds me of Harrison uh, Harrison Smith on the Vikings. Harrison Smith. Yeah, he played. He has a exact. Woo! Okay, he's going on next year's watch list. If you remind you of Harrison Smith, wow! Yeah, he really is no joke. Uh, and uh, he's going to be a really big deal uh, coming into the season. He's going to be a junior, so he's one kid that I uh, that I really have. Uh, uh, he's got a really bright future ahead of him, and I can't wait to see what happens. Well, you and me both now. When somebody brings up Harrison Smith, my ears perk up. And safety was my position. So when someone, I mean, I love, you know, football, but safety play, good safety play, oh, oh. Oh, when a guy can come down the box and rattle someone and then drop drop in the coverage and cover a tight end or a slot receiver or back out of the backfield or run step for step with a speedy – I mean, a guy can do everything. Like Harris Smith can do everything. Um, or like Kevin Bayard. Oh, oh. You know, like the way you feel about pass rushers, that's how I feel about, like, safeties who do everything. Because there's yeah. some safeties that are really just sort of big, slow corners, you know, so they kind of – you've got good instincts, you've got good hands, but you're not quite fast enough, and you're – kind of big, with a stickier at safety, but you're not really a safety. You're just a corner playing safety. And there's nothing wrong right. with that, especially when the game is played now, but those aren't the guys that get me excited. I'll be honest. I love the guys that can do it all. Uh, Harrison Smith, Kevin Bayard. I mean, Earl Thomas was the best of the best for a while, and obviously, you know, he's going to probably pass the torch as he's getting towards the end of his career, but whew, in his prime, when he and Cam Chancellor were together, oh, I mean, for a connoisseur of safety play, Seattle was a must-watch for about six years. Right. With that, okay, that, so, yeah, so now this young man, he said his last name is Fetterman? Netterman. N-E-T-T-E-R. Oh, with, with an N? In like Nancy? Yes. Got it. Okay, Netterman. Okay, well, he's, on, he's going on the watch list. He's going on the watch list. And you said he's like 6'1", 6'2"? He's uh yeah he's like six six foot uh six foot around two oh five okay yeah that's that that'll get it done that's that's enough <laughs> okay like I said I for sure for sure will be 
he will have some of my time and attention <laughs> uh, as I prepare for the for the next class next year. Okay. Um, are there any other players that either you've played with or against? I guess I'll throw that open. And there were guys that you said, man, that guy's a beast. Uh, I know you mentioned some of the guys that, uh, whether you guys at Temple that you thought were amazing, uh, any guys you've played with or against, obviously, I know about Netter, but anybody else that you feel like worthy of mention, a guy that really caught your eye? Oh, at, uh, at Novo or? Uh, or any place. Could be, in, once again, could be during your prep year, could be uh, high school, either of the two universities you've attended. Other guys well, that you think, man, this guy's got something. This guy's special. Well, the best, the best old lineman I've ever won against in my life was Matt Hennessy at Temple. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> he's the number he's graded right now is the number one center in the country. Uh, he'll right. probably be within the first like, four or five rounds of the draft this year. He, uh, yep. when I went against him the first time, I, uh, I saw what guys ahead of me were doing. And I tried to do what they were doing, um, uh-huh. you know, with, like, power rushes on them. But oh, oh. Speed, really, speed really rarely works on them. Okay. He's got this quick feet and quick hands, so I tried putting a power move on him. And my first snap against him ever was uh, was a total mistake. I uh, I tried uh, <laughs> long-arming him, and he just chucked uh-huh. my hand down, and I instantly just fell face first into the turf. And he just landed oh. on top of me. And I was just oh, like, right. yeah. So, oh, that, that film session was probably not much fun for you, I'm guessing. No, it was horrible. Uh, he's by far the best O lineman I've ever went against. Uh, and you know his accolades, his accolades speak for him. He's, he's sure ranked right now, arguably the best O lineman in college football this year. So, uh, like I said, I can't wait to see what he does. Yeah, he's gonna play for many years in the NFL. I, I. I can only imagine what it must have been like as a as a you know a, a person who's just arriving, you know, as a, a priority uh, invited uh, walk on, you know, and you here you are. You said the best shape of your life. You lost all this weight. You've uh, all these other things, and you know, then you suddenly face this utter, you know, just <laughs> uh, war daddy, right? I mean, whatever term you like to whip out. I mean, that 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 dude has bad intentions. Like, some guys block you, but they're, they're just trying to make sure you don't make a play. They make sure you are neutralized. They're not looking to embarrass you or, you know, oh, as you said, push you in the dirt, right? <laughs> Mr. Hennessy is looking to ruin your day. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine that, yes, that would, that would be a... a it's not going to stay with you. And if you do have any intentions of playing at the next level, it's good to face guys like that because here's the news flash. The NFL has about 50 guys like that playing his position. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, so that's – every day is an all-star game practice in the NFL, right? It's always the guy who was the best in the history of his school, the best in the history of his conference, the best in the history of his county, you know, that's everybody. You know, they're always the best, the best of the best of the best. Uh, it is a crazy experience. And, you know, when I when I, I try to tell young men, and, of course, there's nothing that can truly explain it, but 
everything you've ever seen, everything you've ever done to this point, it has prepared you but not prepared you. You're, you're going to see some things that you didn't think you'd ever see. Uh, it's just a freak show. It's an utter and complete freak show. Literally world-class athletes, some of them. I mean, guys who, if they decided to be Olympians in some other sport, would have been, right? These are guys that could have been professionals in some cases at two or three sports in some cases. Some of these guys were that kind of freakish talent. Right. And you see them every day. And, <laughs> right? People pay hundreds of dollars to watch these human beings. You can see them up close and personal. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, now, you mentioned that your brother is a little bit stronger than you. Tell me about your weight room approach and what are your personal records? What's the, what are the on, on your best day, on your best lift, what have you managed to put up? Uh, squat, uh, squat. I'm around the 475, 500 range, uh, mm-hmm. depending on the day. Um, bench, I'm around 375. Uh, for okay. Uh, just, uh, I mean, they're pretty good numbers, but I definitely, I'm going to definitely work on them in the off season. Try to get them right. a little bit. Right. And. One last thing sort of regarding your position. As you mentioned, uh, you are obviously, you know, you're in that sort of Robert Mathis, Dwight Freeney kind of size range. Uh, has, have people talked to you about the fact that you might, if you do continue to play football, be looking to actually stand up and play linebacker? And have you done any work on that? Uh, actually, I've been talking to a lot of people about it. Uh, working as like a hybrid, uh, rushing the passer on third down, uh, you know, drop back into coverage, linebacker, D-end, hybrid, I don't know what you want to call right. it. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, I've definitely been talking to a lot of people about it and uh, just started working on it, not recently, but about uh, about uh, five months ago, I started working on my back, you know, my coverage skills and uh, different, call, the, you know, the, what they call it, the, the terms that you use and all that, so just to get ready, just in case, you know. Right, right. I mean, like I said, I don't know. You, you, you know, you might, who knows where the, you know, where your life might take you. You might decide that you want to do something else with your life. But if you do intend to keep playing football, yeah, they're going to say to you, hey, you know, show me your curl flat drop. Show me your hook zone drop, you know. So, yeah, sure. uh, I can promise you that. If a scout comes and wants to take a look at you, that's one of the first things you'll be asked to do. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, and then now we can sort of plow forward. Tell me about this past season, uh, highlights, lowlights, challenges, things that you feel like you really did well, and obviously places where you still want to grow and change and add to your, you know, your game. Uh, what did this year feel like, and you know, what was it like for the team, but also what was it like for you particularly? Uh, I feel like I had a good – I feel like I had a, 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 very, a very good season this year. Um, you know, last year I had a very dominant season, uh, led the country in almost every category. So I knew uh, I knew teams were going to game plan against me. I knew teams were going right. to slide to me, double team me, uh, chip me, all the stuff just to get me out of the play. You know, so I knew I knew that going in. And then uh, with my brother going down, my brother uh, he's been battling all year with injuries. He hurt his shoulder in the first two games of the year, he hurt his ankle, so he was he missed six games this year. So having him out of the game really, really helped uh, the offenses just focus on me uh, a lot. Uh, 
amongst our D-line. So having him out really puts a pressure on me to make a lot of the plays because they've really chipping me, double teaming me all this all year. So, um, uh, I, but I did. I feel like I, I had a good year. Uh, you know, with getting all of that done, you know, chipping, doubling, all that, I feel like I still managed to have a really good year statistically. Um, and uh, the guys that stepped up for my brother played really well, helped me out a little bit. But uh, as a team, I feel like we had a very uh, awesome season. I mean, we made uh, we made it to the Elite Eight. We uh, yep. were the top eight teams in the country. And uh, we weren't able to uh, beat North Central, but – we're gonna uh, we're gonna be ready. Uh, we're gonna come. We're hungry, and we want to be on that TV like North Central were last night. Okay. Obviously, um, North Central is not too far from me. I uh, remember the first time I went to go see North Central play. It was when Brian Erlacher's little brother had moved out here, uh, Casey, and ended up playing uh, at at North Central. So, uh, very familiar program to me, particularly because it's out here in the Chicagoland area where I now reside. So, take me through that game. Uh, obviously, two very, very good programs faced each other. When you guys prepared for North Central, what were some of the things that you guys had worked on? What did you see about that team on tape? And how did they approach? You know, go ahead. Well, their O-line to start off was very uh, very strong, very physical up front. Um, we knew this going in. We had film on them, obviously. We knew they were going to be real physical. Um, they played at the whistle. They finished their blocks. Um, but I knew that going in, speed was going to beat these kids. So I just used my finesse moves and power against them. And uh, and I did a, a really good job with that. I, I made a lot of guys miss. Um, I also got – me and my brother got to the quarterback more times than team. every team combined got to him this year. Me and my brother had a really good day against them. Uh, they held their opponents to, I think, two sacks all year. I, and me and my brother wow. had two sacks. And we had and we had four against them, me and my brother alone. So we had a really good day. Against them, but the, their ground game was was really tiring, and it's just they really controlled the clock. And you know, we just didn't make enough plays. Uh, and their like and their defense was flying around, so uh, they were giving our offense fits. You know, you got to give credit to them. They were they were really they were a really well coached team, and they were just really physical. And um, you know, they definitely deserved it last night. Okay. And once again, you know, put your scouts hat on. Uh, who are the guys in your mind that stood out? I mean, if you don't know the names, you can just say number and position. But when you looked on tape, and obviously when you played against them, you know, actually in person, who were the guys that you thought, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, that, guy, that guy's good? Uh, who were the guys that, that made an impression? Um. Well, like I said, their whole old line was very big and physical, so I, I don't know really any of their names, but I know that that's fine. Line. But um, the two guys that obviously are becoming national names now are uh, Brock Rudder, their starting mm-hmm. quarterback, who just won the trophy last night, the Heisman Trophy at D3, and, uh, right. Andrew, and Andrew Kaminsky, their, their wide receiver. Um, right. Tough. Like, when I tell you, like, they hit, that kid Kaminsky hits. And you don't—you really can't tell on film. But you don't hear that from wide receivers right off the D. No, he took a wide receiver screen and took it inside, and and I happened to get there, and and he lays. I mean, we both hit each other really hard. It was just an amazing hit. But when I got up, I was like, "Holy crap! That receiver could hit." 
Yeah. I got <laughs> that was that a surprise that he was that I'm a deep, physical I'm a deep and athlete? I'm yeah. a D lineman. I'm not supposed to be getting hit by receivers like that. I was a little taken back. <laughs> yeah. So once again, that lets you know because he's a, I mean, he's a guy that has a shot to play at the next level, but, you know, a shot. Like, it's not like he's going to be, you know, first, second, third. He, he, if he tests really well, he might be like a seventh rounder. But more likely, he's going to be a priority undrafted free agent. So that gives you an idea of what the next level of football is like. But, yes, he is an unusual wide receiver. Uh, and, yes, he doesn't need a big play to make a big play. Like, he can throw the ball to him three yards, and he can run through four or five people and get 20, 30 yards. Right. Yeah, he's, he's a little something special. He, he reminds me a little bit of Jordy Nelson. Yeah, he, he reminds me of too, actually. So yeah, he's. I agree. He's he's a, he's a little something to him. I think that guy might fight his way onto a roster once they get him in somebody's camp. Okay. Um, so let's turn the page to next year. Um, as you mentioned, you know, you, you you guys made an unusual run. I mean, it's, you're a good program, but is that the deepest the program has been in a while in the playoffs? Uh, actually, no. Two years ago, two seasons ago, two they made it to the uh, against Brockport. Uh, oh, there. yeah. Yeah, I wasn't there yet, but, uh, you know, right, I hear right. about how great they were. Yeah, right. Faustino was on that team. Yes, I should have remembered that, right, because I had Faustino Sosetto on football once before. Okay, should have remembered that. Yes, that's right. So the goal, I'm assuming, is to win it all next year. That's the goal. I mean, I, me and my coaching staff, me and my teammates, we're already texting about it. You know, we're all ready to go. Uh, we're all ready to go. Okay. So you guys put, just saw what it took to get where you got. What do you have to do to keep going, to go, to be able to beat a team like North Central and be able to actually pick the Amos Alonzo Stag Trophy up? What more do you guys have to do? What things have to be there that weren't quite there this year? Uh, I mean, I, I guess we just got to execute a little bit better. Um, uh, I'm, I can't really talk for the offense, but I can talk for the defense. Um, we we got to, you know, clean up our tackling. You know, we had a lot of sacks that we could have had uh, that we missed. We missed opportunities to, you know, pin them back an extra 10, 15 yards, uh, you know, missed interceptions. You know, we just got to clean up the little things. Uh, and uh, the offense will take care of us, you know, but we just got to help out the offense a little bit more in those uh, in those big games. Okay. Understood. Got it. Perfect. Um, I have really just one or two more questions. So I want – now, who makes the calls in your defense? I mean, I know the, that certain things – are things mostly signaled in? Do you guys have options to change things? How does it work, and is it like a – Sometimes I know a Mike linebacker or a free safety might have a certain amount of freedom to go with something if he sees it. How does that work in your defense? Uh, what defense, what kind of fronts, oh yeah, you told me about sort of what fronts you tend to run, but uh, how much of, if you see something or if somebody else sees something, are you guys allowed to, you know, I know we're supposed to do this, but, you know, we noticed that they did that and we were, we were going to make an adjustment to it and there's no time Sometimes the team, you know, the offense loves to do things right before the ball is snapped, hoping to catch you. Are you guys allowed to change on the fly, or how does that work? 
well, like you said, we're, our coaches called in. We have wristbands and we got our numbers. You know, the coaches call the numbers out and our plays are written in there. Um, but our defense is ran by our two, uh, our D-line coach, who's our assistant defensive coordinator, and our linebackers coach, who's our defensive coordinator. So we have two amazing geniuses that run our defense. Um, so, yeah, so we have two guys that run our defense. As for the option play calling, we uh, our Mike Linebacker, my best friend, Billy Walsh, our, uh, our linebacker, he has a lot of freedom to make whatever calls he feels um, for us. If they trade, if they uh, if they motion, if they do really any of that, it depends on the game plan. But he has a lot of freedom to make uh, to make uh, calls on the fly. Okay, got it. And you've mentioned obviously his name a few times. Uh, for those who I have seen him a little bit on tape, I wasn't concentrating on him uh, because I was preparing to talk to you. But uh, but I will talk, let him know I will be watching him in the, in the future. For if if someone wasn't terribly familiar with Billy Walsh, his strengths, his weaknesses, what kind of player he is. If you were giving someone a thumbnail scouting, if, if, a, if a pro scout pulls you aside and said, you know, I'm coming to you guys' practice, I'm going to look at you, I'm going to look at your brother, I'm going to look at, you know, one or two other guys, and then he asks you a question, tell me about this Walsh kid, what's he like? Uh, what would you want someone to know about him? Uh, like he's, a, he's a lot like myself. He's a hard worker, uh, extremely hard work in the off season, and uh, he just comes to practice every day willing to get better. Uh, always serious, you know, about the game. He's very serious about the game. So um, it's always just to get better to do what's possible, you know, what's necessary to get better the next play, the next drive, you know, always willing to get better. So uh, along with that, he's he's a great coverage linebacker. He's great uh, in the run game. He's, uh, I mean, he's our anchor of our defense. He, uh, he makes our calls. He's our defensive captain. So, uh you know, without him, I don't know how our defense would run. Okay, got it. Um, sticking with your teammates, who would you say is probably the most entertaining? Like the guy that keeps it light, the guy that, you know, maybe you guys have had a really bad practice and somebody could use a laugh. Who's the guy that, you know, changes the mood? Who, who are the guys that sort of, because, I mean, football yeah, we love it, it's fun, blah, 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 but there's times when it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> it's also a real grind sometimes. Right. You know, you're, you're in the cold, you're in the heat, I mean, all kinds of stuff. You know, there's times when just the coaches are extra hard on you. Whatever reason, you know, practice just grinds you down sometimes. Who are the guys that get guys laughing and, and joking and, and not thinking about what a craptastic practice just happened? Uh, well, there's so many guys on our team that, you know, bring that to the table. Uh, but a few guys that come to mind are uh, one of our running backs, Quaddy. Uh, he's just, I mean, his name is funny. Quaddy. Okay. <laughs> right. Right off the jump, he's uh, He's a great kid. Gets the whole team going. Um, on our defense, we got our uh, backup linebacker, Jack Fitzgerald. He's, he's out of control. Uh, he's oh, so okay. Yeah, he's just so energetic every minute of the day. He could be having the worst day. He once he steps on the football field, it's all jokes and games, and you know he just loves being out there with us. So uh, yeah, okay. those two guys, uh, those two guys definitely bring uh, bring a lot of fun to the team. Okay, who's the best singer on the team? <laughs> I'm not sure. to be honest with you. I really don't even know. Uh, oh, okay. 
Okay, let me rephrase the question. Who thinks they're the best singer on the team? Uh, I don't. To be honest, I don't. I can't answer that question. I don't know. I've never heard any of my teammates sing or even talk about it. <laughs> really? Okay. See, every team I've ever been on has been one or two guys that thought they were like a professional singer, and some of them could sing, and some of them. Eh, but yeah, no, okay. we've never really talked about it, or really went. I don't know. It's, we just never have. So even when you guys have like road trips, there's not somebody who decides to, you know. Shot out their golden pipes. Maybe when I'm sleeping on the bus. Oh, okay. So you're a sleeper. You always guys are asleep. Yeah. Got it. See, I can never do it. I always be, would be awake, so I got to hear all the conversations and all the all the other stuff. Okay. Um, who is the uh, who's Mister Romance? Who's the big ladies' man on your team? <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. I don't know if they <laughs> That means you know exactly who you're thinking of. I don't know. Uh, you said, no, someone popped right in your head. And you said, oh, maybe I shouldn't I'm say, say anything. I'm I can hear say, it. I'm going to say our strong, our strong side linebacker, Ryan Barrett. All right. He's bringing it to the ladies. Got it. Well, ladies, Ryan's out there apparently single and ready to mingle. So if you make your way to a Delaware Valley game, uh, what number does he wear? Number four. Number four. Look out for number four. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, who's a big debater, right? Who's the guy that if somebody says left, he has to say right. Someone says up, he has to say down. Who's the guy that likes getting into it with people? Uh, I'm, I'll say Jack Fitzgerald on that one. He likes to, he likes to <laughs> argue. He likes to just argue for no reason. He just gets everyone annoyed. Got it. There's always one of them. That's why I bring it up, because every organization, every group of people, it's one person that just likes, if everything's too quiet, everyone's agreeing too much, then they got to disagree, you know, just so it won't be, they think it's boring when people agree. Okay, so now I know who that is on your team. Uh, and last but not least, as we go down some of this list, um, who is the person on the team that you could see one day, like as a politician, running for president, something like that? Who's the person who's like the team politician? Uh, I know I've been talking about him a lot, but I'm going to have to go with Jack Fitzgerald. <laughs> okay. He's a, he's a man among streets. He's a lot. Uh, he really, he's so smart. I mean, it's crazy. He's one of my best friends. He's so smart, but he's just, he, he has a million different characters. Uh, huh. so, uh, yeah, so. Well, think, he's definitely going on my watch list for next year. Yeah, he sounds oh, like he's, a, uh, he's, gradu he's graduating. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, then I'll watch for him in whatever he does in the next phase of his life. Nah, he's he's good at everything he does. I mean, he's he's oh. he's a jokester. He's serious. He's smart. He's he's very uh, he has a lot of traits. So he's the most interesting man in Delaware Valley football. But it sounds like. Uh, yep, that's what I'm gonna. Yep, definitely very interesting. <laughs> huh. All right. Okay. Well, I I, I will have, well once again. I I think I'll be looking out for him to do whatever he ends up doing. So. 
since we're talking a little bit about academics, so you just miss how smart he is, tell me about what your academics have been like and your commitment to taking care of business off the field. Uh, tell me about your major and what's been your favorite part of being a student, part of the student athlete. I do. Uh, I'm actually in business management. Uh, gotcha. So yeah, I take my academics very seriously. Um, and, uh, you know, this semester I didn't have my greatest semester, but uh, I'm a little upset about that. Uh, not usually what I have, but, um, you know, doing all that, can't make excuses, but, but uh, yeah, management. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm about to take a J-term class, try to jump up on credits. Um, there you go. Because yeah. you've, been, you've been thus far a solid, like, B, B-plus student, if I remember correctly. Right. Okay. And it, I, your goal is to graduate with honors? Uh, yeah, that would be amazing. That really would be amazing. Be a student athlete. Well, I mean, you're on track to do it. You know, I mean, you know, all you got to do is keep sort of going on in the direction that you've been going, and I think you should be able to achieve that. Right. Okay. And what's your brother's major? Uh, he's in business, not business management. Just business. He's in a a little bit of a wider. Got it. Okay. So at least there's a little bit of difference between the two, you know, which is what it's like, I guess. At least there's a little bit of difference between the two. Right. Okay. Excellent. So you're not in all the same classes, because that would be awful. Yeah. Or great. I don't know. I guess it could be either one. Uh, okay. So I'll ask like, my sort of last set of questions, and then I'll let you have your life back. So I'm going to take you forward into the future a few years, right? So travel with me. And I'm going to take you through the last few years of your time as a student athlete into your opportunity to, to move on in life. And so you get a chance to play. Uh, you sort of bounce around. You're on some practice teams, mostly on special teams. But you're getting at least a chance. And then – there's an injury, right? Hey, it happens. Now it's like, well, let's take a look at what this kid can do. You're playing out of position, which happens a lot when you're really good for someone injured. You're not getting a chance to rush the passer as much, but you're getting a chance to play at least. And they say, oh, okay, this guy's doing that. And then maybe they finally decide to blitz you because you're playing linebacker at that point. And boom, it's like, oh, oh, look at that. Man, that guy moves like a pass rusher. And so even though it took you a couple of years to at least finally, you know, hit the field and do some things, now going into the next year, you start to play more and more. And by your third, fourth year, you're actually getting starters minutes. And then when you come back to Delaware Valley, they bring you back to talk to the guys. When you get a chance to talk to a bunch of guys who, you know, are trying to get where you get, trying to do what you did, what would you want to impart to them? What, what kinds of things that you've learned would you like to teach someone else who wants to have success as a student and as an athlete going forward? Uh, you know, that, that, uh, that I think about that all the time, you know, just, you know, if I get my opportunity and things don't go my way, how am I going to handle it, you know? But I've been in, uh, I've been put in that situation uh, a countless number of times, so I kind of, uh, I know how, uh, how to deal with adversity. So, I mean, I'm blessed with that. Um, at Temple, I dealt with adversity, you know, like you said, being a big fish in a small pond uh, in high school and then, you know, going to uh, going to college and not playing right away and not getting the recognition I wanted or, uh, you know, previously I had, you know, that was tough for me. Um, you know, but 
I learned how to fight through it uh, and all that. So that definitely has molded me uh, and, you know, helped me in this situation. But uh, as for uh, as for coming back and talking to the kids, I would just tell them that, you know, everyone's going to go through adversity um, in this sport and in this field. Um, you know, you just got to be strong-minded and, you know, only the strong survive. And um, the weak minds never uh, never finish in this career. And uh, right, you gotta keep your head. If, you know, if you have the opportunity to play, just give it everything you got. And um, you know, because people, you know, they they go down with injuries daily, and um, you know, they wish they could be there. Um, so just you know, you gotta play every snap uh, like it's your last. And um, you know, you got like I said, you gotta be mentally tough, and um, you gotta fight through it. You gotta fight through adversity. I could not agree more. Uh, I've been very much impressed with what I've seen from you thus far. I think there are very big things awaiting you in your future. Uh, I, I guess the only thing I'd say to you is be be open. <laughs> sort of like when you went to Temple, right? Dropping 45 pounds, changing position. Uh, I think if you want to continue playing football, you'll have to be very open because they're going to have somebody out there will know what to do with you, but it may be something very different from what you've done in the past. So uh, I hope that wherever, you know, the next phase of your life and career takes you that, one, no matter how hard the journey is, I hope you, en- you enjoy it and embrace it. Uh, as you used to say in the Army, to learn to love the suck, uh, learn to embrace the suck. But uh, I think that there's, there's definitely some things out there for you, and some of them will be very hard. Uh, but if you're willing to, and you sound like you're willing to, you know, push through some difficulty, I think there's something good for waiting for you at the end of it. Uh, I do hope that they let your brother have a little more fun next year, and of course, that he stays healthy. Because, I mean, yeah, I understand he's not quite the, you know, the, he's not quite as explosive and, and quick as you are, but I would love to see him get the occasional opportunity to do some of the the, <laughs> the sexier parts of playing the position uh, to right. see how, how he might approach it. And he said, like, you, you like to attack, you like to attack a whole man, you like to avoid the man, you know, so maybe the two of you can work together and he can figure out how to at least attack half a man. And he probably would get a few more plays to the backfield. But uh, it has been very much a pleasure, Michael. So tell people who might want to continue to follow your life and your career, uh, how would they keep up with you? How would they uh, – do you have social media presence? And tell people also what your uniform number is. If they're watching Delaware Valley Football, they can always find you. Uh, well, my Instagram name is uh, Mike Nobile. Uh, wait a actually right now yeah mike underscore no bill um and my twitter is mike underscore 51 underscore no bill uh and i wear number seven for delaware valley i play uh there you go number seven so that's another thing it seems to be kind of like temple it seems like uh, the best players always have the lowest numbers or something is that is that how that works uh at temple are you saying well, I know it's not worth a temple. I mean, I'm, it seems I've noticed also a lot of your best players have low numbers also at Delaware Valley, or is that just a coincidence? Uh, no, yeah, it kind of works like that. Uh, you know, usually the upperclassmen and uh, the starters get, you know, first dibs on numbers. So that's Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, well, I noticed. I noticed that you had a lot of your, your better players had low numbers, you know, four, three, seven, eight, that kind of thing even if they play positions that you don't normally associate with those numbers. It's like, oh, yeah, they got a lot of big guys with low numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's something that 
uh, I'm not quite as used to it. Lovey Tipple does it a lot. I mean, you'll see a 205 pound deer wearing the number nine at Tipple. It's like, okay. That looks, I mean, you just look different, you know? Like, you know, like, oh, like, I, you know, it's just an adjustment you make. You, I watch, obviously, a lot of football, and it's just your eye takes a while to adjust to a guy who's, you know, 6'4 and 300 and something pounds wearing number eight or number seven or number nine. It's like, it just looks. It just allows your brain to process, like, what, what's going on here? Why is this giant man wearing this, you know, slot receiver number or this quarterback number or whatever it is? It just takes you a while to sort of get used to it, I guess. But, yes, I did notice that both at Temple, obviously, where everyone knows about their whole, uh, you know, giving the low numbers to the, uh, you know, to the guys that are team leaders and everything. And then, obviously, like I said, I just noticed that I saw a lot of low numbers who were uh, bigger guys. Like that's that you normally see wearing those low numbers. That's all I'm just uh, bringing up. Right. But yes, very much, very much a uh, a pleasure meeting you. I hope that in the future I'll be able to circle back. And next time, maybe I'll, I'll get a chance to talk to your your brother as well. Uh, I think that he's an interesting player, but obviously, like I said, a different kind of player and doesn't get a chance to put up the same kind of production. I, mean, I guess he has fun in his own way. <laughs> it, it doesn't look like as much fun, I'll put it that way, what he's doing with, you know, constantly fighting 600 pounds or 580 pounds of human uh, day after day. Uh, different people enjoy different things. That would not be my idea of a good time, obviously, but, you know, God bless people who could do that. And once again, he said he does all the work in the weight room and, uh, I guess the mental toughness that just goes into constantly facing multiple human beings, you know, when there's only one of you and, and two of them. So I look very much forward, like I said, to following up with you. So, it, you know, after this, I'll be keeping up with you via the, um, you know, I'll occasionally sort of uh, let you know what things I've seen and, you guys open next season with do – you, do you know your next season schedule? Uh, no, it hasn't been announced. Okay, I didn't think it had. I just double-checked here. Well, definitely um, let me know because I will want to sort of circle back with you and, you know, hopefully you'll come out, you know, on fire like you did a couple, of, a couple of years ago and, you know, put up some crazy, crazy game and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll definitely let people know about it because, like I said, I think you've got something. I think you've – you just need to be open and versatile and whatever because, you know, obviously NFL doesn't play a lot of 240-pound DNs. Uh, you need a situational pass rusher, obviously, but you've got to, yeah, I mean, you're, you're widening and broadening your game, and like I said, I think that'll give you an opportunity to keep playing. Thank you once again. Uh, Michael Nabil, Delaware Valley, defensive end, uh, slippery, right? Uh, that's the thing about your game. You know, you you you're not the biggest, and you're not the a lot of things, but you definitely know how to not end up, you know, not end up being overpowered by some guy who's got 50, 60 pounds on you, which is what they're hoping to do. They're hoping to get get their clamps on you and you know take you someplace you don't want to go against your will, which is what they're into. You know, those giant human beings that you see every day right. every year. Right. And tackles. But yes, once again, it was a real pleasure getting a chance to meet you. You'll get a follow up email 
uh, just confirming information. And then what we'll do is, like I said, you know, every few weeks or something throughout the season, I'll just sort of keep in contact with you. And, you know, hopefully as you get towards getting, you know, all-star game recognition, hopefully, and things like that, you know, like I said, I want to, uh, I want to know as those things are happening for you and, and be excited to follow your career. Once again, it's been an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure getting a chance to know you this day. And since you're home with your family, I hope you, uh, the people that you love, and those, and the, you know, obviously those that love you, will have a wonderful uh, Christmas celebration and that the new year brings you uh, all, you know, healthy and better than you've ever been before. I hope that you guys will, you know, have the year that you deserve and the life that you deserve. Thank you so much. Thank you for all that. And uh, same to you. Have a blessed year. Thank you. Thank you. Well, like I said, you'll be hearing from me again. So once again, it's a real, real pleasure. Um, if you haven't had the chance to check out Delaware Valley football, and I, I, every year or two, uh, every, or every other year or something, there's always somebody there that I find that I like. Uh, Rasheed Bailey obviously being the, maybe the best example. I were watching this kid thinking, why is no one talking about this show, man? And then, of course, by the time the year was over, they were talking about him. He was a guy that showed up on offense, showed up on special teams, uh, spent some time with the Eagles and the Raiders. Don't quote me on that, but a couple of different teams. And I, I, don't, I won't be surprised if, if he doesn't get another chance because, you know, he has a real spirit, real talent, and people who can make other people miss them will always have a place somewhere in football. And then, you know, later, obviously, Faustino Sosedo. And the problem with being a quarterback, unfortunately, especially a quarterback from a smaller school, there's only one, or, you know, there's only one starter, and then a lot of teams just carry one backup. Some teams may carry two, but there's so few opportunities. And now, you know, obviously, we lost the AAF. The XFL is around, so maybe he'll get a chance to play there. But I think Faustino is a guy that is good enough if he gets developed and brought along to have a chance to play somewhere professionally. And so, yes, I will now be watching some of the people, including Mr. Netterman, who is very much on my watch list for next year. But once again, Michael, thank you so much for your time, your talent, and your attention. Thank you so much. So I'm going to check on some of our other guests. Let's see. See if they're joining us. And if not... I will start running my mouth a little bit about the Hall of Fame voting since I'm working on an article about, uh, you know, the guys who got in and also some of the players that didn't get in, players or coaches or contributors who unfortunately weren't selected, and hopefully, you know, they will be in the future. But some of those guys, and the one that comes first to my mind is a wide receiver named Billy Houghton, who was a terrific player called the Wright. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.